1: Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome back in Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. There's a bevy of stories for us to dive into. Uh, But want to hit you with uh, a bevy of fake news, as as Donald Trump would say. Also want to let you know, big ruling out of the Fifth Circuit that dropped on Friday night. We'll talk a little bit about... The legal implications of the ruling, which was a slapdown, incredible, uh, incredible ruling from the Fifth Circuit saying that the vaccine mandate implemented by Joe Biden through OSHA is unconstitutional for a variety of reasons. Uh, I hope that other circuit courts will also adopt the same perspective. But in the meantime, Joe Biden's vaccine mandate on the legal ropes. But we haven't talked a ton about the steel dossier being completely wiped out as a legitimate basis for news. After five years, it's pretty wild to think about. After five years of trumpeting this, all throughout the Washington Post, democracy dies in darkness and all that jazz, mm-hmm. the New York Times, MSNBC, CNN. Buck, MSNBC and CNN have barely acknowledged in any way that the steel dossier is now a complete fabrication. The Washington Post wrote a mea culpa. Same thing happened for Axios. But Andrew Sullivan had a good piece that he tweeted out uh, that said, when all the media narratives collapse, and he listed all these different things, and I, I know a lot of our audience experience the failure of the media on these stories, but when you see them all lined up one after the other, it's pretty crazy. 2016 election, Media said Hillary Clinton was going to triumph when she didn't. They blamed Russia collusion. Kyle Rittenhouse right now appears that he's very likely to not be found guilty. Media told you that he was a racist white supremacist hell bent on committing murder. Covington Catholic, the kid uh on the Nicholas Sandman on the front steps, the vaccines and the fact that they were highly effective. That certainly has blown up, as we've been telling you for months on this show. The lab leak theory was unacceptable to suggest that COVID came out of a lab leak. Now seems like it did. Jussie Smollett, the Atlanta uh, shootings, Hunter Biden's laptop inflation, the Steele dossier. These are just some of them. The mainstream media got all of these stories wrong, Buck. And not only did they get them wrong, they lectured all of us who asked any questions about them and said we were spreading disinformation, misinformation, that we should have our abilities to talk to our audience restricted.
5: I wonder where Andrew Sullivan was during some of these. I'm just going to say that as, mu- as much as I I like when people come to the truth. So I don't ever want to be you know, there was somebody from uh, a very far left, the y- Young Turks who came out and said, you know, I was wrong about Rittenhouse. And so I never want to be that person that pounces on people when they arrive. You arrive at the truth. OK, good. But I do have a frustration here, Clay, as you're reading those things out. And it's not to, you know, Andrew Sullivan does a lot of good work on, on different issues. He's a liberal, but sometimes he's honest, or he seems to be honest, I should say, on most issues. Um, But he, this stuff was obvious. Yes. I mean, I, I did a podcast the first week of the Jussie Smollett case where the title was Jussie Smollett is lying. Everyone's yes. saying, oh, it's, you know, crazy what happened to him and it's awful. I'm like, there's no Tom way said this it was happened, a lynching, a right?
1: hate crime. I mean, she's you an know, idiot, but it, that's what she tweeted.
5: It, you know, and and this and the same time when we, there remember, there was that moral panic over nooses all over the yes. country, and it kept being found out, oh, it was a rope someone was using at a tree in a park for exercise equipment, or oh, it was a a door pole, you know,
1: at a at NASCAR. NASCAR after Wait, all the story, yeah.
5: There is, because we're going through something akin to a leftist cultural revolution, a Maoist cultural revolution where independent thought, asking questions, trying to be a free thinker, and also trying to be accountable for what's true and what's not and what you say, because all that's going on right now, and, and they want to stop people from doing Accountability in their in their words. What are we supposed to take from this? The media has been consistently wrong on huge issues in the same direction, not because of honest mistakes. That's their alibi. And it's bullcrap. It's because they are activists and it's because the Democrat corporate media, the same way that, that Democrats control 90 percent plus of all the faculty lounges and universities, the same way they control uh, Netflix and they controlled Hollywood studios before that. They control 95% of the corporate owned media at least and they're running an agenda all the time. Other cuz the the numbers don't add up otherwise, right? It, you would at least get something wrong at some point that was favorable yeah. to the right. Never That's, happens. It 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 <laughs> does not occur. It's a it's a statistical impossibility. That what's going on here is not intentional. But when you realize it's intentional, then you know what we're dealing with, which is a bunch of ruthless commies pushing propaganda like The New York Times, CNN, etc.
1: What's so funny about that, Buck, is I've made that argument and it leaves everybody speechless. I just say, hey, you're right. You know, maybe the media is not biased. Tell me about all the great stories that ended up not being true that painted Donald Trump in a more flattering light. You can't even point to you would think if you were just haphazard and frequently wrong in your analysis. Has CNN, MSNBC, The Washington Post or The New York Times ever had a flattering and incorrect article about Donald Trump that benefited him that we later found out was untrue? I can't even think of one. there isn't one. I mean, it's not it's not not even it's not even that
5: we. I mean, I would I would go as far as to say it just didn't happen. Right. It's not even like we could find one or two that maybe, you know, creates a little bit more dissonance in this argument. This is this is a what this is a 100 percent proposition because you could never get that through a newsroom because here's the real the real issue. Clay, isn't that they may never stumble onto news that might be favorable to the right? They would never print news that is favorable to the right. That was not. An absolute necessity, right? I mean, you know, unless it's the jobs numbers looking good and they know they can't get away with fabricating it, unless it's, you know, something that's impossible for them to effectively cheat on through editorializing in a way that favors one side, it won't happen. That's the way the system is set up. And so when I when we tell people out there, uh, you you cannot trust. We're not saying this without reason. We're not saying this without justification for it based on how they conduct themselves. These news entities are operating in a realm of lies. They lie about being unbiased. They lie about holding themselves accountable constantly. And that is actually now their mission statement. They started to slip a little bit and even say it during the Trump era where the truth was anti-Trump. They yes. come up with these very frightening authoritarian sounding slogans and, thing, you, know, you know, speech we don't like is violence. The truth is anti-Trump. You say, hold on a second. That doesn't sound like what a free society
1: should be adhering to. It's also important, Buck, to distinguish all those things that we just ran through were reported as fact, not opinion. And I feel much of the challenge that we have in American media right now is over a failure oftentimes to distinguish between fact and opinion. All of those things that were shared were allegations mostly of fact, right? If somebody watches the Kyle Rittenhouse uh, trial right now and writes a piece I think Kyle Rittenhouse should be found guilty. Here are four things that happened in the trial that make me believe that. That's an opinion piece. You can agree or disagree with it, but it's founded on what's actually taken place in the trial itself. When you say the steel dossier is accurate, like Adam Schiff said for years, and his justification underlying for... Donald Trump's removal from office, and then it all is found to be untrue. It destroys the factual basis of the claim, but then also every opinion base that was rooted in that case, which is a huge portion of overall discussion, hours and hours of falsehoods. And many people still don't know that it's fake news. And isn't it fascinating that at the same time where we have seen
5: more open and egregious falsehoods from the biggest news organizations in America that are Democrat aligned, right? CNN, New York Times, Washington Post, good on the list, all of them, MSNBC, NBC News, ABC News. At the same time, when you see that happening, you also have a shift in journal in quote unquote journalism to we need to shut down ideas we don't like. We need people to be banned from Twitter who say things about masks that we
1: disagree with. We need Fox to shut news down questions about the vaccine. What Fox News shouldn't be allowed to broadcast. That's an argument that has been made.
5: This is they want their opponents to be shut up because in a free market of ideas, these people look like the liars and the jackasses that they are. And they all have very both big and fragile egos at the same time. It's a remarkable thing about Lib No
1: doubt. And by the way, it's remarkable how low interest rates have been for a long time. Buck, you've been getting hooked up with our friends at American Financing. Lots of people out there as well. But, you know, I'm still surprised how many people haven't made the decision to go out and check and see whether they could be saving a bundle just by getting a new mortgage rate. You know, you can find and save yourself up to a thousand dollars a month. You only have to give 10 minutes to call American Financing and you could be well on your way to saving $12,000 a year, $1,000 a month. You could skip a couple of payments. Buck, how do people get hooked up with American Financing like you already have?
5: I'm getting my loan. I'm going to find out when we're closing here in just a couple of weeks, I think. So it's been a seamless process. I've got a great rate, and the customer service is better than any banking situation I've dealt with before. Call American Financing at 800-777-8109. That's 800-777-8109 or visit AmericanFinancing.net, NMLS 182334, Access.org.
1: No doubt we've got uh, Dave Rubin now, by the way, on Locals, also Rumble. I believe he's in Nashville uh, hanging out for a couple of days. Dave, we're just talking. First of all, thanks. for uh, We're glad to have you on. We were just talking about the Kyle Rittenhouse story, and I I know you've been following it as well. Are you still finding that many people you're based in L.A. are getting more and more red pilled as they continue to look at the way the media covered this story? Because a lot of people out there, I think, assume Kyle Rittenhouse, one, was 100 percent guilty, but two, had just started shooting all sorts of uh, black protesters at BLM. And it turns out that he actually shot three white people, all of whom had criminal records, one of whom was uh, basically a serial pedophile, child molester. And it's just another series of lies that are being exposed, much like the Steele dossier and everything else.
3: Yeah, well look, as a guy that as you said is in Nashville at the moment, sorry I'm not seeing you guys in person, but you know, lives in Los Angeles at least for now, I am definitely seeing a mass red pilling that is long, long overdue. And this is just a perfect example about of that. I mean, Clay, everything you just laid out there, those are the facts. And if you look at the sort of chasm, Between the way, say, MSNBC and the New York Times and Washington Post and just like the blue check mafia on Twitter, if you look at what they're saying versus the reality of what's happening with the trial, it's like people really are living in two different worlds. And I think it's our job to basically show people, hey, the stuff that they're showing you or not showing you, and it's usually that's the bigger issue, it's the stuff that they're not showing them, uh, that it's not true. And and all you need to do is get one little glimmer with these people. Just if you can get them on one thing, go, you know, boy, you know, it turns out Brett Kavanaugh isn't a serial rapist. It turns out the Covington kids weren't all racist. It turns out the Russia thing was a hoax. It turns out that very fine people by Trump was a hoax. Once you can get people to see one, then they can start seeing a lot of them. And I think this Rittenhouse thing, thankfully, for as long as enough of us are still on Twitter and Lord only knows how long that'll last. If we can keep getting the truth out there and showing those clips, you know, where basically the judge is, is saying to the prosecutor, I mean, this prosecutor is just horrendous, saying to the prosecutor, you know, uh, Rittenhouse does have a right not to incriminate himself and a right not to speak, and this may cause the whole trial to be thrown out. it's like, get people to see a little bit of that, see how really poorly this prosecution has done. And then they start waking up. So I do sense that there's a red pilling, and look, across – Across the whole country right now. I mean, nobody can think that things are going well inflation and shortages and gas prices, uh, not to even speak of Afghanistan, which we don't even talk about anymore, and a litany of other things. So I would say you're either red pilled or you're just so deeply asleep that I don't know what to do with you at the moment.
5: Hey, David's Buck. I, I want to know if, if you could just react to this part of you may have seen the Andrew Sullivan piece in his Substack about just all did, the lies, right? The serial media lies. And on the Rittenhouse case specifically, here is a quote from the New York Times. Unlike the dishonest commies of the New York Times, I actually quote them when I'm criticizing them. Um, as Mr. Rittenhouse is running, he trips and falls to the ground. He fires four shots as three people rush toward him. One person appears to be hit in the chest and falls to the ground. Another, who is carrying a handgun, is hit in the arm and runs away, end quote. Uh, that's their description of what we see on the video. That doesn't make it seem like what happened happened.
3: No. And look, you know, I did read the Andrew Sullivan piece. And, you know, Andrew Sullivan is one of what I would say are about 20 remaining sort of decent liberals in America, sort of a Bill Maher, Barry Weiss, Sam Harris crew of these people that are trying to remain liberals. But I don't really think that's really a position anymore. I mean, it's like we all do. and and Clay, you guys knew and we've been talking about it for years that the media has been lying about all of these things. So it's not as if they didn't know that the media was lying about all this, but they, they went along with the lies so that they could get rid of Trump. So it's like, on one hand, it's nice that a guy like Andrew Sullivan is finally like, oh yeah, the media lies about everything and you know, actually so much of what's wrong is because the Democrats are kind of in charge of the media and they're just running a protection racket together and all that. But at the end conclusion, if you if your position is to still vote for Democrats, then it really makes no sense. So every week, say Bill Maher on his show, and I, I basically like Bill, but it's like if you rail against critical race theory, every week on your show, and then at the end, you don't cheer the fact that Glenn Youngkin won. It's like, well, what are you actually doing? It's like, you, you know what's wrong, but you're just afraid of saying that you're a scary conservative. That's what scares them more than anything else. And we got to I don't know what the answer to this is, but we got to figure out a way to take these last few people and be like, hey, just just come come on over. These conservatives, they ain't that scary.
1: Dave Rubin, he's the host of The Rubin Report. I've been on before, great show, and author of Don't Burn This Book. Um, What do you think about Kamala and her staff accusing Joe Biden of being racist uh, in a CNN expose, an article that went up yesterday?
3: You got to love it. Like, it's just the perfect story. You know, if you faintly and dishonestly call everybody racist and call everybody a homophobe and a bigot and a transphobe, well, eventually it's going to come for you. So congratulations, Biden. Now you're going to be called racist at everything else. It's like, look, Kamala is deeply unlikable. It has nothing to do with her skin color. It has nothing to do with her gender. Nobody knows why she's the vice president. She was polling at zero in her own party. You know, that, that crazy cackle laughter. She Her endless sort of nowhere babbling and everything she says. It's like they brought her in, and now she will most likely destroy Biden. It's kind of beautiful. Like, this is a beautiful Hollywood ending to this whole thing. They created the monster And it's like Biden, you know, he's 10 months in basically to this presidency. It's breaking down a lot quicker than most people thought. And I mean that in terms of not only in terms of policy and sort of how bad things have gotten and inflation and all that, but in terms of his mental state. So it's like she, unless they pull something crazy, this woman is going to be president within two years. That seems pretty obvious. Uh, You know, her trying to take him out because he's a racist now. All right, it's it's sort of your just comeuppance.
5: Hey, Dave, you know, I, I want to ask you before we let you go. We only got a minute or so, but uh, I'm on BuckSaxon.Locals.com, a platform that you're involved with trying to create additional avenues for reaching audience. How is the fight for free speech online and platforms that allow free speech going? How are we doing?
3: You know, we're doing a little better over the last couple of weeks. As you guys know, we, we merged with Rumble, and Rumble has an incredible infrastructure to really replace Amazon AWS. So everyone knows that, you know, Amazon blew up Parler after the January 6th event. Uh, Rumble has really fantastic, it's the underbelly of the internet stuff to keep websites up. That's one part of the business. And then they've got the sort of YouTube front end video side, which is really slick. And we're rolling out some new stuff, but these companies have come together. and, And just guys in the last couple hours, I'm sure you're seeing this online, but YouTube is knocking down all of these, Uh, streams, these live streams of people that are talking about the trial right now. And guess what? They're all up on Rumble and they're all up on Locals. And although I don't own Locals anymore, um, you know, you guys, I'm I'm obviously staying with the company and you guys can always put whatever you want there. And guess what? If you're not breaking the laws of the United States, that's going to be just fine. And if you are breaking the laws of the United States, you got a much bigger problem than Dave Rubin and Locals. So I, I think there's, we have a glimmer of hope right now. I know a lot of people are black these days. A lot of people don't see the hope. But I, I actually think there is a little sliver of something going on.
1: Dave, outstanding stuff. Appreciate uh, you being in my uh, hometown here. Hopefully we'll be able to hang out again soon. Encourage you guys to go follow at Ruben Report on Twitter while you still can. And follow him out on all <laughs> those social media devices. Appreciate it, my man.
5: Thanks, guys. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Dave.
1: If you're with family and friends next week at Thanksgiving, the fun stories of past get-togethers are bound to come up. Reliving Memories, one of the things we do when groups come together around the holidays. And you know what makes this the most fun? Having the family movies and pictures to bring those memories back to full life. Legacy Box does that better than anybody. This is the company that digitally transfers all those videotapes and family films you have. That makes them accessible again for you and your family to watch over and over again. All it takes couple of weeks, they take a box full of your old videotapes, a lot of your old pictures, Super 8 films, slides, and they put all those memories locked away onto computer files, thumb drives, or DVDs. Whatever format is easiest for you to see and share, Legacy Box hooks you up and ensures that your family memories are there forever.
5: Get started now with Legacy Box's best deals of the year. This is the time to get early access to their Black Friday sale. Visit LegacyBox.com slash buck to unlock that big discount. That's LegacyBox.com slash buck for their best deal of the year. LegacyBox.com slash
0: buck.
6: Oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Welcome back in. Clay, Travis, Buck, Sexton show. Let's go right to Kenosha, Wisconsin. Prosecution and the defense presenting their closing arguments to the jury today, and then the jury will have it to determine whether or not... Kyle Rittenhouse has committed any crimes at all. We're joined now by Julio Rosas, who's been covering the Rittenhouse trial in person. He's a senior writer at Town Hall and also a U.S. Marine. Julio, thanks for joining us. I, the thing that I would want to know the most, given the fact that you've actually been in this courtroom so far, we've seen the prosecutor, we've seen the defense attorneys, we've seen Rittenhouse himself and the judge and how they've been reacting to the trial. How would you assess the body language of the jury to the extent you have been able to determine and or analyze it?
7: Uh, So I haven't been in the courtroom every day, but in the in the times that I have, um, it's actually kind of interesting um, because, you know, uh, mask wearing, you know, we can kind of gauge someone's political ideology based on if they wear a mask when they don't have to. So in the courthouse, there is no mask mandate. So you, you don't have to wear a mask. Um, about out of the 18 jurors, because, you know, there's alternates uh, out of the 18 jurors, probably about five were, were wearing masks. But also it could be they're trying to hide their identity because there, there was also concern about people being uh, photographed and docked. So that could also be a playing factor, too. But in terms of the, more of the body language, um, when I was in there uh, at times, uh, it seemed like uh, one woman in particular just seemed like she wasn't taking any notes. She just kind of was there but she didn't seem to be paying that much attention and um some of the other reporters that have been in the courtroom on other days they, they, especially uh you know when uh the uh prosecution was cross-examining rittenhouse at the beginning when it was about like an hour into it uh, a lot of, according to them a lot of the jurors didn't seem to be paying that much attention or weren't actively taking notes um so i i think that i think that highlights um that maybe uh some of the jurors have already made up their minds uh, prior to, you know, prior to the conclusion of everything, and obviously we're we're now approaching uh, that that conclusion for for their closing arguments.
5: Julio, it's Buck. I, I want to know what you're hearing about security precautions on the ground there. Last week, we were telling the telling folks listening here that you had 500 National Guard readied for the verdict, and obviously Kenosha, we're in this. Situation: The trial is happening because of, and you were there during the riot, correct?
7: Yes, that's correct. And I was there for the second half of the shooting.
5: And so, how? Actually, put a pause on my sec on my first question for a second. Tell tell us more, since you were actually there the night of. I mean, how does that inform your view of what you've seen play out here in the trial? What are things that you would want people to know? Because obviously the media was lying about the shooting itself and the immediate aftermath. Right. There's a lot of dishonesty. That's all come to the forefront now. But just right. from that night, from the atmospherics and being close to the actual shooting, what should people know?
7: Uh, all they have to do, Buck, is look at all the videos. Or they didn't even have to look at every single minute. But if you watch any of the videos that the trial has uh, presented... Uh, you will come away with the conclusion that Kyle Rittenhouse shot in self-defense. There's just no dispute about that if you look at the actual video. And I can tell when people haven't viewed the video because then they say, well, he's a white supremacist murderer or all this other nonsense. Uh, you know, He's an active shooter. And I've got to tell you, Buck, I, you know, I, I have not in law enforcement, but I've never seen an active shooter voluntarily run towards the police while trying to run away from people who are chasing after him. I mean, that, that to me does not scream active shooter.
5: Well, you are um, a former uh, Marine, so you know, you do understand also – situations involving fires. But keep going. Keep going, Julio.
7: Well, well uh, thank you. Uh, and so it's just, if, if you look at the video, you look at the eyewitness statements that happened even before the trial, I mean, the fact that it, the, the dishonesty from the mainstream media, the fact that it got that such high level... Is just another searing indictment on how poor uh, the media class is when it comes to covering things that goes against their narrative, and and that was their narrative. They, are um, you
5: expecting riots if there's a not guilty verdict? That's what I was initially going to ask you, and I did want to pose this to you. Uh,
7: so, uh, it, I riots are can be hard to predict sometimes. Uh, what 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 I will say is that uh, it is going to be warmer uh, this week. Right now, it's in like the lower 40s. It's going to be in the 50s. Uh, starting tomorrow, and that's more conducive for crowds to gather and what what have you. Uh, what I will say is that if, if there are riots due to Rittenhouse being uh, not guilty on the serious charges, um, that's going to be because, again, in part of the media narrative that they bought into. Uh, because if you've been paying attention to the mainstream media, you would think that this would be a slam dunk for the prosecution. But as the trial has shown and as I've seen watching it, here at the courthouse that has not been the case at all i mean even the prosecution's own witnesses have bolstered rittenhouse's claim to self-defense so uh, there is unfortunately still a large part of the american population that have this really distorted really just untrue view on what happened that night and, and i can tell you that because I, I mean i was there for some of it and it's just it's just really really um uh, you know upsetting uh, that that it's gotten to this point julio
1: I'm still fascinated by the inside the courtroom dynamics, because some of those you can see on television, a lot of the others you can. And what you told us, for instance, about the jurors wearing masks and who's not, is sort of a fascinating window into what their overall life view might be in some sense. What has the reaction been like in the jury? It's uh, sorry, in the courtroom itself in terms of who is there? Does Rittenhouse have a lot of support? Is there lots of people, are there lots of people there in your read that are hoping that Rittenhouse is guilty? What is the actual atmosphere like when you have been in that courtroom?
7: Uh, So for me personally, it's been been a little odd because the last time I saw Rittenhouse in person was the night in question, August 25th. So it's been kind of like a weird, like, oh, hey, you're the guy that everyone's been talking about that I saw that you do the thing. Um, but no, there, there has been a mix of, of people, uh, right now, this, this is right now the courtroom from what we can see in the cameras, this has been the most packed, uh, I've, I've ever seen it. And I I've seen, uh, Huber uh, members of Huber's family, Anthony Huber, who is the second guy that got shot at the skateboard dude, uh, in the, in the courtroom, some friends and supporters of, of, of Anthony Huber were in the courtroom when I was there. Um, and you know, they, they believe that Todd House is a murderer and, and all that. So uh, but uh, at the same time, Rittenhouse's family, his, uh, his mom, his sisters, uh, and, and then also just like regular citizens because there is public seating because, you know, this is yeah, as high profile as this is, it is still a regular court proceeding. Uh, so this is the most packed that I, I have personally uh, up seen it uh, so far. We were
1: talking about some of the misinformation that's been out there. A huge percentage of people who follow this case heard that Rittenhouse was a white supremacist, that he was a uh, that he was an activist trying to take aim at Black Lives Matter protesters. One of the most jarring parts of this story has been the number of people who have only found out because of the trial that all three people he shot were white. Is that surprised you how well entrenched the mainstream narrative was that this is a white supremacist and the expectation was that his victims were minorities? Instead, uh, victims is the wrong word, They're the people he shot, because victim is a charged term that's actually been banned inside of the courtroom, but the people he shot were uh, white. Does that surprise you in terms of the way that it throws a monkey wrench, so to speak, in the overall narrative here from the left wing?
7: I mean, yes and no. I mean, I remember waking up in Kenosha the, the, you know, the next day, the next morning. I, you know, I got four hours of sleep, and I'm still trying to process like what I've just been through and trying to figure out what, what I just saw. And I check Twitter, and I see Congresswoman I on press Pressley, uh, from the get-go, calling him a white supremacist. Yeah. And I'm just thinking, and I'm just, I just—I remember thinking, like, how is that even possible? Because I, I, I knew from that night that he shot all white people who were actively attacking him. And so I'm thinking, like, how, did, how does this congresswoman from Massachusetts, you know, on the East Coast, and that's not a like, what, what information does she have that I don't? And, of course, the answer is she, she didn't. She's just, you know, she jumped the gun uh, on this, and so many others, too. But it just goes to speak on how, Again, they, they, they have this idea that there there can be no wrong done with, with a Black Lives Matter riot, because let's be clear, the night of August 25th, it was a riot, not a protest. Uh, and they, they just uh, very much are, they, they just want to have their narrative because that that's what they are building their audience off of, right? Uh, it's, but it's not true. It's not correct. And, and as much as this trial should not have happened, I'm, I'm kind of glad it did, uh, because it's laying all the facts out of what happened that night in painstaking detail. So, I mean, if even if people were just even had a cursory glance at the trial, they will know that this is not some active shooter that was trying to kill as many people as possible. Because I will tell you, there were plenty of opportunities for not just Rittenhouse, but all the other people who were armed, to just start mowing down the rioters. But they didn't do that.
5: Julio Rosas of townhall.com on the scene in Kenosha at the courthouse. Julio, great work as always, man. Thanks for being here with us.
7: Yep, thank you.
5: Mike Lindell, the inventor of My Pillow, has done it again, folks. His products are amazing. New ones coming out all the time. Clay and I love them. I mean, first off, you, you can start it all with the pillows. The pillows will be game changers for your sleep. But these pillows won't go flat. You can wash and dry them constantly. And most importantly, they're made in the USA. And for a limited time, Mike is offering his My Pillows, the ones that started it all, for his lowest price ever. You can get a standard MyPillow for $19.98, originally $69.98. That's a $50 savings when you use promo code Clay and Buck. Clay, the King Pillow, which is my personal favorite, only $10 more.
1: No doubt. And also, you get a money-back guarantee until March 1st. All you have to do is go to mypillow.com, click on Radio Listener Specials, enter the promo code CLAY and Buck, or You can call 800-792-3269 for these great radio specials. Get hooked up at MyPillow.com with the code Clay and Buck today.
6: They are seeing a waning of immunity, not only against infection, but against hospitalizations and to some extent death, which is starting to now involve all age groups. It isn't just the elderly so if one looks back at this one can say do you know it isn't as if a booster is a bonus but a booster might actually be an essential part of the primary regimen that people should have boosting is going to be an absolutely essential component of our response
5: we have told you this for months you know it. We've been saying it on the show. They're going to tell you that boosters for everyone. Everyone's got to get the booster. And notice that just now the little fascist Fauci is out there saying, yeah, okay, the vaccine stops working. That's what he I mean, we just played you the audio. The vaccine stops working. Now, it might work somewhat. It might have some residual benefit. Fine. But it's not what they told you it was. And it's not what they told you it was. In April of of this past year, it's not what they told you it was two or three months ago in terms of how effective, how long-lasting. Notice that there's not that much of an effort right now to even keep track of breakthrough infections because they're happening at such a rate that is it even really worth it to call it a breakthrough anymore? How rare are they, really? Fauci was basing his comments in part on the Israeli data because Israel's about a month and a half ahead of us. And here's what he sees, Clay. Well, we've been telling everybody's coming right as we're heading into the winter season here. A lot of people will have substantially and oh, oh New York Times quote me if you're going to criticize me, New York Times. Uh, there will be substantially lessened immunity for everybody who is reliant on the vaccine who doesn't have natural immunity going into this winter season unless they get the booster shot, which is what we told them was going to happen and what people were lied to about for months.
1: We've been consistently three or four or five months ahead of what the national narrative has been. And sometimes that creates a disconnect because the Fauciites of the world get upset when you question their preferred narrative. Because remember, as recently as May, they were saying, hey, this is going to be the vax summer. Everybody's perfect. Nobody has anything to worry about at all. And I believe it was in June and July, Buck, that we had... Alex on and he's Alex Berenson and he started to tell us, hey, pay attention to what's going on in Israel. Pay attention to what's going on in England. They're ahead of us in terms of the vaccine, and they are seeing a massive increase in the overall number of covid cases. And at this point in time, I think the only thing you can really hope is that the overall infections are probably going to set near an all time record in many states. I, I do believe that's forecastable now based on the data that we have. I think best case scenario, Buck, you can hope that they aren't as uh, as as negative in terms of the overall death rate, because maybe the vaccines have some lasting power when it comes to the severity of the illness. But in terms of being able to get and spread the virus, everybody who is vaccinated is still going to be able to get and spread the virus. And the number of people that are testing positive in any given day is growing rapidly in the Midwest and the Northeast.
5: Instead of confronting that once again, everybody, whether it was on masks, it was on fomite or surface transmission, whether it was on six feet of social distancing, whether it was on two masks, no N95 masks, no, no masks, no, maybe masks all these things, open schools, don't open schools, all these things they've been wrong on, Clay. Instead yes. of finally having a moment of honesty and confronting that every time Fauci says, this is what the data, the science is clear. Everyone should say this time. What about all the last times? What about all the previous times you've told us things that were wrong? Instead, the lib propaganda machinery goes into effect and they make jokes like this on on not Sesame Street on SNL pretending to be Sesame Street. Why? Wow. that's right.
4: I used to host Fear Factor, and now doctors fear me. Can you help me, Joe? Oh, sure thing, Big Bird. You see, I took Carlos Mencia down. I could take COVID, Here's some zinc, an ayahuasca, and some horse medicine.
7: Well, why would a bird
4: take horse medicine? I'm a human, and I took horse medicine.
5: (laughs) I mean, can we just be very clear? That's not funny, because that was a lie the media spread about him, about Joe Rogan to make him seem less reputable as a just a subject of exploit a guy who explores covid and they still continue with this they still make the joke as a how how, why is that funny they lied about him
1: not only they lie about him it was an uncomfortable attempt to ridicule and cnn certainly is a propaganda network it's disappointing and absurd and ridiculous how many comedians have allowed themselves to become such political animals that they are now aiding and abetting the spread of disinformation in an effort to try to undermine the legitimacy, as you said, of popular hosts who are willing to explore challenging methods to combat COVID. And by the way, Joe Rogan's completely fine. Aaron Rodgers, quarterback at green Bay came back, led his team to a victory. I bet when they come out with uh, Jersey sales buck, I bet there's going to be a big skyrocketing number of people who, gonna, are, who are supporting
5: Aaron Rodgers. I'm going to go get my Aaron Rodgers jersey. I, I keep saying I'm going to do it. I don't. Know. Where do I go? At NFL.com or something. I'll find an Aaron Rodgers jersey to wear when I do the show. No, because we, we've got to take a stand here against what is an, a, a consistent effort to rewrite the history of the Fauciites, who are constantly wrong, constantly overpromise and underdeliver, and always want the power to make you do things, even when it turns out what they're making you do isn't what they said it would be in terms of the effectiveness in terms of all the different judgments that go into it uh, i've got my own version of the commie attack on me that i want to talk to you about here from the new york times we'll address it a little bit coming up here saying that i had covid misinformation on the air Ooh, we'll we will address this clay i will address this uh, I'm, I'm fired up about it because the new york times is a disgusting propaganda rag and people should what was the line Rush used to use? Only line their bird cages with it? Yes, indeed. Whatever the equivalent is in the digital era, that's what they should do. So we'll get into that. Plus more on Rittenhouse, some of the prosecution's final statements, and why they're crazy. We'll get to that coming up.
1: You're listening to Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the EIB network.
6: Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Welcome into
5: the third hour of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. This is Buck in New York City, Clay Travis out of Nashville, Tennessee, and we have updates for you on the Rittenhouse trial coming up in its last hours here as the prosecutors are making their closing arguments. We'll bring you uh, the latest from that could get a verdict very soon I'll certainly be watching this very closely for a moment though if you could we, we've been talking today about when the narrative collapses and dishonesty in the media which is not really something that is aberrant but it happens all the time they're lying to you constantly there's just the biggest outlets are pushing <laughs> Left-wing Democrat propaganda on a regular basis. They lie about Trump. They lie about Smollett. They lie about uh, the think. Think of a big story recently. They lie about a lot of aspects of of COVID. They lied about the New York Post not being able to publish the Hunter Biden. You know, this is the uh, mainstream media and also social media platforms. The Hunter Biden laptop story right before the election. Right, they just lie about stuff constantly. Well, I want to take you through a quick version of the anatomy of a mainstream media or corporate media smear. Uh, And it has to do with this piece in The New York Times on podcasts and radio. Misleading covid talk goes unchecked. And they cite some guy I've never heard of before who says that uh, the vaccine is, quote, and like an egg that hatches into a synthetic parasite and grows inside your body. This is a sci fi nightmare. Who's an anti-vaxxer? And you're reading on this guy. I've never heard of him before. Any of these people, we go down the piece a little bit. This is in the New York Times. And then all of a sudden, there's a photo of me. I'm like, wait a second. What what am I doing in here? And this is what they write. Buck Sexton, the host of a syndicated program on iHeart uh, Media, recently floated the theory that mass COVID-19 vaccinations could speed the virus's mutations into more dangerous strains. He made the suggestion while appearing on another Premier Network show, The Jesse Kelly Show. The theory appears to have its roots in a 2015 paper about vaccines for a chicken ailment called Marek's disease. Its author, a professor of biology at Penn State University, said his research has been misrepresented by anti-vaccine activists. Okay, Clay, I, I got a few things here, and I know this is, you can imagine, I know this has happened to you, this happens to me. This is the nature of our business. First of all, why am I even included in this piece? Like, what 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 is it? They don't quote anything that I said. I actually said the same things on this show, too, which I find so interesting. But I went into Jesse. I I talked about Marek's disease, which was a theoretical explanation for why perhaps some of the massive increase in covid that was happening over the summer was occurring among several theories. Joe Rogan talked about the exact same thing on his show. I was merely explaining to the audience. And this came to me from epidemiologists, from doctors as a we've had doctors on the show. Talk about. Yes. As a theory. No yes. one was saying, this is, this is what's happening right now, be terrified. But it was, this is a possibility to look at among several possibilities. It turned out, as we played the Fauci audio for everyone before, the real answer, based on what we've seen, and they didn't quote me and they didn't cite that this, the Merrick's disease discussion was from almost three months ago. They left that out, too, because it's a hit piece and they're disgusting, grotesque. Oh, wait, who wait, who is the behind this one? It was uh, Tiffany Sue and Mark Tracy of the New York Times. Cowards. Also, they never asked me for any comment. What they send me a Facebook message. I get five hundred Facebook messages a day. I didn't see. I don't know where it was. Didn't read. I didn't reach me. But anyway, Clay, this is a situation where I look at this and I say, well, you know what really happened? The vaccine stopped working, which Fauci had to admit. So okay, it wasn't Merricks. But what about the fact that Fauci and all the rest of them were insistent for months that the vaccines were great, amazing, super effective, going to protect you. Don't worry about it. They were massively wrong. Yes. But I, I'm the problem. I never said it was, Merrick's. You know, we talked about it here on the show. I said this
1: is something that people have talked about
5: as a possibility. What and the New York did, Times does a
1: hit piece because they're scumbags. What we have done consistently on the show is share factual data and then discuss what might be causing that factual data, which is what science is designed to do. Result occurs. And then you come up with a hypothesis or a theory, if there's more evidence to support it, as to why that is occurring. So what we started saying back in June and July, when almost no one was talking about it, everybody was talking about how this is going to be the greatest summer ever, everybody's out partying. We were looking at the data and saying, wait, these immediate declines that we had seen, as the seasonality does appear to be, by the way, pretty significant with COVID, as it is with many other winter viruses, that there had to be an explanation for what was going on and the waning effectiveness of the vaccine seems to be an agreed upon explanation. Now, maybe there's some other explanation that people are going to think of in six months from now, but I think it's the, the whole article. Cause I sent it to you as soon as I saw it, it was right after we went off the air. I think on Friday that this thing popped, the whole article seemed to me very strange. Um, and, First of all, we talk as honest as we can for three hours every day. There are inevitably things that some people are going to disagree with about what we say. And the fact that they didn't even quote you is strange. The fact that they didn't quote you on your own show is strange. The fact that they just buried you halfway through. I clicked on the link because I was like, oh, I'm, I, I, I didn't know you were involved in it at all. I was like, oh, I wonder who they're going after here. The guy that they led the story with, I had never heard of. And obviously, his opinions are those that we have not shared yeah, on this thinks, show just remotely just, close to. Can
5: it. I just give he, the, the, the person that they're like putting me next to in this New York Times piece, the quote, because they actually quote him. And he's someone yeah. I've never heard of in my life. And, you know, whatever, that that the vaccine is a global coup d'etat by an evil global cabal in the history of mankind. That's the quote they have for like, am I? Am I? It's like, what?
1: The, I just I expected We talked about this off the air. I don't know if we talked about it on the air or not. I expected when you and I took over, because I jotted down as you were as you were talking, I've gotten full length articles attacking me in the Daily Beast, Politico, The Washington Post, Bulwark. Like, I think that's like the Lincoln Project. They're fake
5: Republicans. Yes.
1: Yeah. So four full length, like, you know, 3000 word pieces on Clay Travis is an imbecile, is an idiot. I hate him. He's an awful human being. You know, by the time we got to the most recent of those, the Washington Post, you know what I did, Buck? I recorded the entire interview with the Washington Post, recorded the entire thing, had one of our staff transcribe it. And they misquoted me and they had to apologize for misquoting me. And the thing that I say to everybody out there, you have to recognize that narrative trumps everything. And if you're going to do an interview with one of these people, you either do it live Like where everybody can hear it, everybody can see everything that you say, or you grab the entire thing on audio and be prepared to share the transcript because they are going to lie to try to attack you and me and a lot of other people in our profession because they are upset with what we do and the fact that we won't toe the line with left wing media. These are media reporters. The New York Times I just want to cite that for everybody as well. So their
5: job is actually just to search and destroy conservative and opposition voices in the media for the benefit of their paymasters at The New York Times. That's what they actually do. They're not science reporters. Not that that would mean that they're honest brokers anyway, but these are people who this is all they do. And I think it's so interesting because The New York Times is officially the whole purpose, really, as I see it, of the piece was to uh, try to tie me in with these individuals to hurt the credibility of what we talk about here on this show or what I talk about on my show, uh, podcast separately, because we've been right so often. And now we have Fauci coming out there after us. People can go to the transcript on this for months saying they're going to say boosters for everyone because these things don't work very well. And that's exactly we played the Fauci audio before. That's exactly where we are. But notice Fauci never gets criticized for being massively wrong. And he's actually setting policy. I yes. talk about theories when there is a real open question about why we're having all-time record COVID spikes in some states after a mass vaccination campaign and discuss multiple theories and somehow that's a problem. They were calling for corporate censorship. They're trying yes. to get pressure from the top down from any company, they'll try to do it at News Corp, they'll try to do it at iHeart, they'll try to do it anywhere to shut down people from having Honest discussions about this. I never even went back and talked about the Merrick's thing again because I thought it was clear to everybody. Oh, what we actually found out is the vaccines just don't work that well. For anyone who doesn't remember, Merrick's syndrome is a longer discussion, but they were vaccinating chickens and the chickens actually were able to spread the virus very readily to other chickens and actually created more virulent strains of the more dangerous strains of the virus through that process. That's a real thing that happened. It's science. And people were saying, I hope that's not happening with this very leaky covid vaccine, because it is very leaky. It's not the MMR vaccine. So this is where the thinking was on it. What we really found out was, no, it's not that it's just the vaccines essentially stop giving you protection after about six months, which is why we've been talking about that for weeks and weeks. But so what's the purpose of this so that the New York Times readers can sit at home and and wring their hands and go, oh, Fauci, when they say the mean things about that's the bad man I read about in the New York Times, who says the mean things about the Fauci and makes fun of him on the radio. I mean, Fauci is scared to debate someone like me. He would get annihilated. I just sit here and go over all the things not only that he said that have been wrong, Clay, but what he won't say. The things that he will not tell the public that he should have, like masking outside is idiotic, right? How long did it take them to even begin to say that? We've known that from the very beginning. Does nothing. Totally irrelevant. That that children never should have been kept out of schools. That masking children in schools, look at the Florida data, is an outrage. But the New York Times are a bunch of little bootlicking propagandists for the Democrat apparatus, and this is what they do. They have no, there's not a, oh, we're in a moment of pandemic. This is above politics. Let's seek the truth at all costs for politics and everything else. No, it's my team has to win. So let's do a, let's do a dirty little smear job. I mean, I love it. Bring it, commies.
1: I always, I always take this as a good sign too, because it means, you know, you take flack when you're above the target and this show, thanks to the audience that is listening right now, both on radio, which is the biggest audience for radio show anywhere in the country, more esteemed and happy and honored to be sitting in Russia's chair. This radio show is the biggest in the country. And our podcast most recently, I haven't gotten October numbers yet, but we were the second biggest radio show in all of iHeart and a top five podcast across the entire iHeart network. Meaning combining podcast and radio, they're may not be a bigger show in the country than what we're doing right now. And the reason why this show is growing so rapidly is there are a lot of people out there that are... We talked to Dave Rubin in the top of the second hour about the number of people, I think, every day that are getting red-pilled. Happened with the Steele dossier, Buck. Happened with what's going on right now in Kenosha with Kyle Rittenhouse. Happened with Russia collusion. Happened with Hunter Biden in the laptop story, which basically has been confirmed by everybody. All of those things... Add up. And when you find one of them, and I know there's people listening to us right now that they can go back like I can and point to one story that the media got completely wrong, you start to recognize how often it happens. And we see it because we get covered in the media sometimes, and they get so many things fundamentally wrong about us. But the big picture stories, the ones that really matter, the ones that influence elections, they're getting them wrong, you can argue intentionally, because they want their side to win. I mean, Twitter shutting down the New York Post over the Hunter Biden article is one of the most egregious acts we've ever seen a company undertake in my lifetime to try to influence the election. Right. Same before thing the election. happened with the Steele dossier. I mean, for ma- have,
5: for maximum impact.
1: Yeah. Twenty one thousand voters changed their mind. Then Donald Trump is president right now. And yet big tech did everything they could in a rigged job setting to try and make sure that Trump did not win. And anybody who is willing to say something other than orange man is evil, orange man is bad. They're coming after because they want to shut us down. They want to shut down our audience. They don't want us to have an ability to have real, honest discussions about the choices our country's making.
5: You know, just it's for me, Clay, it's even more than they get things wrong and they do it over and over again and they don't care. Uh, these are places that no longer have any honor. They are dishonorable institutions. The New York Times, CNN, so it doesn't matter to them. They view their purpose as something other than the truth, and so they are willing to use dishonorable means to achieve what they believe to be more honorable ends. But we will continue to fight them tooth and nail, I can assure you of that. When it comes to building consistency and stability in the way you save and protect the money you've earned, gold has a place. That's because it's proven to be a valuable commodity and it holds its value in the face of inflation and runaway housing costs, among other increases we're contending with. Buying gold and placing it within your IRA or as part of your savings account, those are smart moves. Gold will hold its value and stand the test of time. And now when you buy it, you can take physical possession of it. You can have it delivered to your home, so You can hold it and then store it in a safe place. That's what I did. Oxford Gold is the company that made that possible. My friends at the Oxford Gold Group are who you need to call to put this into motion for yourself. They'll explain everything to you. Having real gold delivered to your home or having real gold as part of your IRA is just a phone call away with Oxford Gold. Call them at 833-404-GOLD and learn how you can have real gold in your IRA and delivered to your door. That's the Oxford Gold Group at 833-404-GOLD,
0: 833-404-GOLD.